you know, everybody's got that friend, that friend that you just, you've had around for years, you need them to do certain things in your life, but they're just kind of annoying, right? They just irk you. The pancreas is that friend in the organ world. It's pretentious, but you need it for so many valuable functions. So today we're going to be talking about how to keep your pancreas happy and what happens when it becomes unhappy. You cannot supplement your way to health, but there are things that we need to add to our lives that can maximize our pathway to wellness. The American diet is virtually devoid of omega-3 fatty acids, which play a major role in cardiovascular disease, gut permeability, and mental health. Personally, I take omega-3s every night and iHerb is the best place for clean, natural sources of supplements. I love the ZenWise Omega-3 Fatty Acid Supplement, which is free of fish burps and good for the environment. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com slash iHerb, that's I-H-E-R-B, and enter the code B as in boy, D as in dog, B as in boy, 5528, and receive 10% off your orders for all supplements. Maximize your supplements with iHerb. And as always, I'm your host, Doc Mock. I'm a therapeutic endoscopist based here in Cleveland, Ohio. That's a GI doctor that specializes in fancy procedures related to the pancreas, bile ducts, and cancer. And I also do functional medicine as well as nutrition. And over in Philly is Jackie P. Hello, everyone. It is I, Jackie P., your favorite layman. Uh, I am here to make sure Doc Mock and uh, Mr. Brad here uh, stay on a non-professional PhD medical jargon level. Uh, I will be making sure that they're honest and can speak to us non-medical folk. And um, happy to be here again. And uh, Brad? Hi, uh, Brad Confer from uh, Danville, Pennsylvania. So thanks to Doc Mock and, uh, and Jackie uh, for this invite. Excited to be here to talk about uh, one of my favorite organs, the pancreas. So uh, back to you, Doc Mock. So Dr. Confer, why don't you start by just telling us, you know, where you're originally from and, you know, what you like to do for fun. I, I know that you have a pretty athletic background, so I, I know the viewers would love to, to hear that about you. Uh, so I, I grew up in, uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, went to high school there and then and stayed local, went to Elizabethtown College for undergraduate. I uh, played soccer in high school and, and ran track. And then I played soccer in college as well before uh, going to med school. Uh, went to Erie, Pennsylvania for med school and then to Cleveland, Ohio for uh, residency and fellowship. And then back to uh, or to Danville, Pennsylvania for a little closer to family for, uh, you know, my real job, so to say, as an interventional gastroenterologist. So I, I do have a, a little background with, uh, you know, sports and, and especially with track and soccer. You know, I really kind of has a a special place in my heart to, uh, you know, to, to work out and, and to uh, be physically active. So what do you think, Schaefer? So I think he's bringing an amazing background with him, not only on the physician side, but also, you know, with his interest in athletics. And, and no doubt about that, that, you know, taking care of your body will subsequently take care of your pancreas. So for those of you that don't know what the pancreas is, it's this little organ. It kind of looks like a fish. It's located directly behind your stomach, your stomach, meaning, you know, the organ, um, you know, not the, the abdomen, which most people will refer to as their stomach. It's actually closer to your back than your front. Um, and so as a result, people often feel pain related to it in the front or the back. Um, 
it has really two main jobs. Number one is to digest your food. And number two is to control your blood sugar. And so, you know, when you're digesting your food, it releases these things called enzymes. And so, Dr. Comfort, why don't you lead us off by talking a little bit about uh, the pancreas function? Um, so as Doc Mock said, really two, two major functions uh, of the pancreas. Uh, one is to control uh, our blood sugar. Um, and it does this by uh, secreting hormones. Um, the, f- the first one, major one that probably everybody's heard of is called insulin. Uh, and insulin is used to lower your blood sugar. Um, but if the blood sugar goes too low, the body's natural response is it wants to raise the blood sugar. So the pancreas can also secrete another hormone called glucagon. And uh, these guys kind of work uh, together to raise and lower your blood sugar and keep it in kind of a, a safe uh, area. Uh, the second major function function of the pancreas is, um, I like what how Dr. Uh, Mock described it as kind of um, with digestion. And so these little uh, Pac-Man type things that are secreted from uh, the drainage tube of the pancreas, um, and they're pancreatic enzymes. Um, so these are necessary when we eat foods, um, you know, proteins and sugars and everything. They're in kind of a, a complex state, and the enzymes, proteases and amylases and lipases, uh, they break them down into smaller parts, and that's necessary so they can be absorbed in the small bowel. So really, those are uh, you know two of the major functions of the pancreas. Um, uh, that it plays. So it's, it's, it's actually a very important or, organ. Uh, so what do you think, Doc Monk? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I loved playing Pac-Man as a kid. I didn't realize that I would be, you know, enacting those Pac-Man skills every day at work too. Jackie P, do you have any experience with the Pac-Man video game growing up? I mean. Yes. Um, actually, I'm barely old enough to remember my older brother playing Pac-Man <laughs> on Atari. And then I'm very old enough to remember playing it on, you know, the the consoles after, right? Sega Genesis or in the arcade. Um, and it's funny because that's exactly how I feel when I feel like I'm digesting. I feel like there's a little Pac-Man in there just kind of, you know, meep, 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 eating it up. And um, it's it's funny because, you know, I was reading this and uh, this re- actually reminded me of a story. This is my dog actually has uh, EPI. And she has to have enzymes on her food to help her digest. And when I was reading this, all I could think about is Katana. That's my dog. Um, and all the symptoms were something she had issues for a long time. And, you know, it took us a long time to figure out what her problem was. So, you know, it's funny. Uh, Doc Mock said that, you know, the pancreas is, you know, that friend that you got to keep happy. Right. We have that friend. If you don't keep them happy, they're, you know, they're going to make a scene. So, you know, what are the signs of an angry pancreas, right? Like, you know, what, what happens that you feel like, okay, you know what, these symptoms might mean that my pancreas is in a happy camper right now. Brad. So as, uh, as uh, Dr. Mock said, it's, it's really, it's kind of in relationship to uh, where the pancreas is right behind your stomach, which is in the upper abdomen or the epigastric region and in close proximity to the back. So the, the most characteristic thing that people feel is, is pain. And it's usually pain in the upper stomach or epigastric region, uh, right in the center. And it kind of is a boring type pain that can go into your back. Uh, other kind of signs that can go along with this are, uh, uh, you know, some nausea, some vomiting, 
um, which is basically throwing up. Um, so those are kind of the main uh, telltale signs uh, that someone might have uh, what we call acute pancreatitis or an acute insult to the pancreas. Uh, so Dr. Mock, what else do you have to add uh, to the acute presentation of pancreatitis? Yeah. So, um, you know, for, for the listeners out there, just so you know, anytime you hear itis at the end of any medical jargon term, that means inflammation of in Greek. And so we just kind of tack that on to a lot of things. And there's also that, that feeling you get after you've eaten too many ribs, which is just plain the itis, you know, cause it kind of runs you down. You feel uh, fatigued and inflamed, but pancreatitis. Yeah. It's, it's often that, that abdominal pain, that nausea, vomiting. Some people will just feel tired. Um, and then there are some people where their pancreatitis will get so bad that their pancreas will uh, form this little wall or fort around the the, da the damaged portions. And that little wall or fort can block other things. So that can lead to further nausea and vomiting or block the exit out of the stomach. Or it can block the bile tubes, which are located very close to the pancreas. But then there's the other concept of what if you've had multiple attacks of this over time? Like it sounds like Katana has. And so that's termed chronic pancreatitis, where you develop scar tissue in the pancreas. And so you mentioned EPI, Jackie. So, so what, what do you use to, to treat your dog's EPI? And what was, what was the dog showing in terms of their symptoms? So essentially all those symptoms, it became to the point where, you know, she was uh, barely one or two years old and she was not, she was losing weight. She was, you know, kind of skinny throwing up, you know, a lot, it was coming out of both ends. Um, and we, you know, we just couldn't figure it out, you know? Um, and you know, a dog doesn't tell you how something hurts. So we didn't know that she was in pain. Um, and, uh, we, one day she actually had a seizure from being so malnourished. Uh, and then we saw a, a specialist that was in the area. This is back when we were living in South Florida. Um, and that's when he diagnosed her with, um, EPI. So the, you know, she's still on his prescription. Um, and you know, it's this little powder of enzymes. So we put warm water on it, just let it sit on there for, you know, 20 minutes. And essentially, you know, that's what came to my head, the Pac-Man, right? The Pac-Man are on the food and just kind of helping break down that food a little bit for her before it gets to her gut. So then she can have an easier time absorbing and, you know, getting the nutrient nutrients from the food. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely a scary, uh, situation. Dr. Comfort, do you have anything? To, so in humans, so, you know, Jackie P hit on a huge point, which is weight loss. Why does weight loss occur when you've had chronic damage to the pancreas? Well, it, it basically has to do with malabsorption of these things. So as we said, the little Pac-Mans are there to break down foods into, uh, their smaller components. And when you're, when you're lacking those enzymes because of the chronic inflammation and chronic scar tissue that's built up and you're not able to secrete enough of it, um, you know, you're not going to be able to break these foods down, proteins and, and carbohydrates into their kind of individual components. So it basically overwhelms the small bowel's ability to absorb it. And it, it kind of creates a diarrhea and, and going along with diarrhea because of the malabsorption is, is that you can, um, you can basically lose weight. So kind of a telltale sign of people that um, have a chronic inflammation or chronic pancreatitis is that they're going to have a weight loss. They're going to be malnourished. They're usually going to have some diarrhea 
And then as we talked about, as it progresses and you get worsening kind of chronic inflammation there, um, you can even develop diabetes because we said the other major function is for the pancreas uh, to control blood sugar. So as it's not secreting insulin, um, kind of in the end stage of that, you can also develop diabetes, which can also contribute to weight loss and other, other uh, kind of longstanding uh, changes related to diabetes. So uh, anything else to add to that, Dr. Mock? Yeah, you know, with the diarrhea, I always think about Clark Griswold in, um, <laughs> in uh, Christmas Vacation where he's like so excited to go sledding and he like, takes that weird solution that he's made and puts it on the disc. And then he just like flies down at lightning speed. Well, you know, if you don't break down fat in the diet, you're all these fats are just kind of hanging out in your intestinal tract. And so you've just Clark Griswold did your entire intestinal tract. Boom. That, that stuff, that food is just going to race its way down into your colon and exit. Now, hopefully no fire on the way out, but you know, it depends on what you ate, I guess. Um, but yeah, so so when when you have chronic pancreatitis, not only do you have chronic pain issues, weight loss, but you get this brittle diabetes, right? Because both the cells in your pancreas that bring your glucose or your blood sugar up and down are damaged. And so your body's going to have a hard time counter-regulating. Um, so we give pancreas enzymes as a treatment. Um you know, there's medical grade pancreas enzymes and there are like more of a holistic brand too. You know, I, in my clinical practice, I run into all kinds of problems getting people to be able to afford these pancreas enzymes. Do you, do you feel the same, Brad? I do. Yeah. They're, uh, they're very expensive and, and it, it, it's a big issue to get, uh, to get coverage for them. So do you have any experience using some of the holistic ones? Yeah. So there's a company that we partner with, um, you know, Emerson Ecologics, and they vet all of their companies. They're like really well done products. They, they make sure that they're vetted and with clean ingredients. And so, you know, there are a few patients in my clinical practice. I don't, I don't make any money off of those products, but I just believe in them and, and end up giving it to them if they can't get their enzymes approved by their insurance company. It's just an amazing battle. Um, the next thing to talk about, you know, Jackie P, what are some of the ways that you think that we can piss off our pancreas? I mean, you know, be, we, we all have that friend, right? So like, what are some ways that we, we piss off our, our friends, you know? You know, um, that's a great question, Doc Mock. I, uh, I actually wrote a, a medical paper that was published not too long ago on these issues. Um, just kidding. I, did not. I read about it though before this call. Um, uh, and um, actually, you know, the first thing, right? You did mention fats, right? Um, so there's, as we've spoken before in this podcast, there's a difference between good fat and bad fat. Um, and bad fat is a culprit, as usual, to a lot of things. And and one of them is being one of the uh, problems with uh, pancreas, right? Your pancreas does not like bad fats, and that can lead to issues um with digesting and breaking down food and you know creating that uh you know uh, that that slide that we talked about earlier when it comes into your colon um another is um you know red meats um right uh, i i did see that you know red meats depending on uh the saturate if they're high in saturated fats that can also cause a problem i feel like i'm i'm being tested here is it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a plus um, um fried foods right full fat dairy 
Um, but actually, I did have one question uh, because I saw that and it made me think and wonder, hmm, if I saw that on the list, one of the foods that um, aggravated uh, was organ meat. Um, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of organ meat. I don't eat liver or, any, or anything like that. But um, I thought it was very interesting that, uh, you know, organ meat is something that would give an issue to one of your organs. Um, so is that something that just the enzymes within it? Is it just, you know, is it high in fat, bad fat as well? Or, um, you know, what what is it about organ meat specifically that is not happy? That doesn't make your precarious happy, uh, Brad. So I, I'm not sure 100%. So, you know, you have any thoughts on that, Dr. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a combination of factors. So, you know, when you're eating these organ meats, either something like uh, offal, right, um, which is a mix of different organ meats, or even liver, these things will contain kind of a not only a high protein intake, but often they'll have the fat pad kind of cooked in with it, or they'll have to cook it in a lot of fat to make it really good. Um, so the saturated fat content will be high, which your pancreas doesn't like. But then also a lot of these are rich in iron. Um, and, you know, one of the kind of lesser discussed about functions of your pancreas is with iron maldigestion. So the, in what we see in iron overload syndromes like hemochromatosis, which is a genetic syndrome in, based in the liver, uh, one of the side effects is it can damage your pancreas. Um, and it's because your pancreas does have to do with iron absorption and breakdown. So those are, those are the big three components, I would think, with organ meats. Ah. Uh, Brad, when you're talking to your patients about diet and they have acute recurrent pancreatitis, you know, what's your approach with these people? Uh, well, I usually try and investigate what the cause of the acute recurrent pancreatitis is. So what Dr. Mock means by that is kind of usually more than one episode uh, of acute pancreatitis, so acute inflammation, that pain, nausea, vomiting that we were talking about. So um, it's usually going to be kind of getting to, to what we're talking about. What are some of the causes? So we basically talked about high fats. So really excess fats, so much so that you're in your blood. We, we talk about lipids or uh, free fats. Huh? Hypertriglyceridemia is a risk factor. So if it's very high, um, that's a risk factor. Going back to fats, another major risk factor that we see in this country is um, people that have gallstones or little stones that form in the gallbladder. Um, and a lot of that has to do with our diet. It's not all diet. There's some hereditary components to it and, and other things. It's kind of very complicated, but, you know, diet certainly has plays a role in that. And when you form gallstones, they can fall out of the gallbladder into the bile duct, which is the duct that drains the liver uh, and drains down into the small bowel. And if it gets stuck right at the opening there, that's where the pancreas tube drains into, and that can cause acute pancreatitis. So, you know, dietary things are a major thing. And going along with that, the other two major things that we see that, that can cause acute recurrent pancreatitis are uh, smoking, so tobacco products, cigarette smoking, and obviously uh, drinking alcohol in excess. Um, so what else do you think, Doc Monk? Yeah, I mean, there's there's also a big paradigm in terms of do we feed people or do we starve them, right? And so the old paradigm used to be just like 
starve them, starve them, starve them, rest the pancreas, let the pancreas cool down. So we just leave them on a medical ward and not feed them for days and days. Well, it actually turns out that the opposite is better for people. You know, you're not going to force feed them or shove food down their throat, but you want them to get some sort of nutrition. And the reason being is that your small bowel is fueled by proteins, in particular glutamine. And so when you're not getting that protein in your diet, the small bowel will shrink and the distance between the good stuff or the good bacteria that live inside your intestine and where they don't belong, your, your circulation gets smaller. And so these bacteria can creep on through your intestine and get into your circulation. And a lot of our pancreatitis patients end up dying because of infections, you know, superimposed on the pancreatitis. So actually the paradigm has shifted. They, you should be on kind of a high protein, but low residue feeding, meaning something that's just got kind of like pre-digested food products. So, so food is important. And then just shifting gears a little bit. So like the person survives that episode of pancreatitis. Jackie P, we, we talked a little bit in our last podcast about the Mediterranean diet. So, you know, maybe just talk to the, the viewers a little bit about some of the components of the Mediterranean diet. Yeah, so uh, the Mediterranean diet um, is really food that's or or foods that are, you know, heavier in those good fats, right? Omega three fatty acids, which is the MVP. It seems like in good food, if you can get this in whatever you eat, fish oils or just cooking, you know, good salmon, right? Wild caught, if you can, um, you know, this is going to help you with your pancreatitis, possibly. And also a myriad of other benefits with your health. Um, you know, the Mediterranean diet is heavy in olive oil, right? Uh, fish, nuts, seeds, avocado, um, you know, and, and it's so these these oils are those good fats, right? Um, you know, there's not a lot of red meat in there, right? It's usually poultry, you know, some dairy as, as well as eggs as well. Um, but, you know, these you know, this diet has seemed to be, you know, and, and you both can correct me wrong, seems to be something that that has been somewhat of an answer to a lot of nutritional issues um, that, you know, that I've looked into. Um, you know, they they have a little bit of red wine, not too much, right, in in small portions. Um, but, you know, these these foods are helping us build a good gut, build a good environment right? Not having, uh, you know, that leaky gut, right? And where the, the, those holes in your stomach lining, where there's bad things getting and making you feel terrible. Um, so, you know, if you can stick to the, a, a Mediterranean, you know, informed diet, you don't have to stick to a strict guidelines, but those foods that are heavy and good fats, uh, seem to be helping with a lot of issues, to be honest. Yeah, I think that was really well put. You know, it's kind of like taking the bad fats and switching them for good fats. And by that, I mean like less trans fats, meaning fried things that are made out of chemicals, right? Remember on the last podcast, we talked about jamming those hydrogens inside of your fat molecules and as a way to, that it causes um, a more formed or delicious molecule, but is maybe a little less stable and will damage your cells and generate free radicals, which can affect your DNA. Um, so, and changing those for monounsaturated fats from vegetables and polyunsaturated fats that come from, you know, things like, like fish. 
Um, and then also heavy in veggies, you know, so Jackie P will tell you, I'm all about the veggies, like half your plate veggies, lunch and dinner, you're getting all kinds of good micronutrients, um, you know, which are so vital for so many processes. So, you know, when I'm transitioning off, I, I tell patients like, I recommend this Mediterranean diet. We go through a lot of the principles and then I'll say each day you have a hundred fat dollars that's in your wallet. You can spend them however you want, but you know, ideally on the better fats. And once those fats are gone, that's it. You know, you're, you're out of fat dollars for your pancreas. So I think that that analogy works pretty well. Brad, do you, do you do a similar sort of approach for your patients? Yeah, absolutely. You know, tell them, I think the Mediterranean diet, uh, there's good data. And, uh, and so it's something that I encourage patients, especially after they've had an episode of acute pancreatitis, um, you know, telling them, you know, looking into, is, was it the gallbladder and getting that out? If it was that, you know, cutting back on or stopping smoking, cutting back on alcohol, and then, you know, a healthy Mediterranean style diet where, uh, you know, you're really getting those omega-3 fatty acids and polyunsaturated uh, you know, fats is the way to go with, you know, with the vegetables and everything. So yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Jackie P also alluded to, you know, the MVP he called it, which I love is omega threes. Like if there's not another reason to take omega threes, like the pancreas is yet another reason. And uh, <laughs> I mean, our, our diet is just devoid of omega threes, right? Unless you're getting wild caught salmon and eating that most days of the week, you're eating krill or seaweed, you know, you're just not getting enough omega threes. And I don't know, somebody may argue, well, I eat nuts. Well, actually the omega-6 to omega-3 fat ratio is super high for most nuts, even good nuts like pistachios, walnuts, those sorts of things. So you're still not getting a good omega-3 fatty acid intake. So I take four grams every single night. Um, you know, it, it helps me with recovery. It's good for your heart um, and it's good for your pancreas. Jackie P, you're you're a you're a new adventurer into the omega three fatty acid world. What what's been your experience thus far? Um, I would say one thing I feel is uh, a little bit of recovery. Um, you know, like I you know I had you know Aaron Graham put together a workout plan for me, and I participate in all types of ridiculous challenges because you know that's just what I do to myself for some reason. Um, so, you know, after working out and having like a heavy day, um, you know, I used to get sore and, you know, you know, limited mobility. Um, and what I've started doing per doc mock is actually popping three or four in the morning, um, of, you know, good omega three, right. There's also bad omega threes out there. Right. So look, look at what the source is. Um, and I, I do feel there's a difference. I feel a little bit better with energy. I feel better you know, post-workout, I'm not as sore or tight. Um, and I just kind of feel like there's less fog. Like, I feel like my system runs better, you know, just, you know, I eat, you know, I, I, I don't feel bad or full or bloated. I just, like, I just feel like the system is running clean, but also doesn't hurt that I'm trying to eat nothing but vegetables and natural food. Right. You know, I you can't just pop a bunch of mega threes and then go out and have some McDonald's. Right. So, um, mm -hmm you know, it's all little pieces of the pie that you put together that kind of help you, you know, have a more sustainable lifestyle. 
Yeah, and omega-3s are EPA and DHA for you people out there, which has a long biochemical name to it. Um, but it's your net, your body's natural anti-inflammatory mechanism. And so Brad, question to you, is there evidence specifically, you know, am, is this just rhetoric? And like, am I just saying that omega-3s are consequently better for the anti-inflammatory reaction or has it helped the pancreas specifically? Oh, there's good evidence for multiple things with omega-3 uh, hearts, uh, brain, uh, definitely the pancreas. So it's something that, you know, like we said, I encourage my patients to do. I personally, it sounds like the other guys do as well. I personally take them as well as try to eat fish uh, about twice a week. So, um, yeah, I think there's definitely good, very good evidence for, especially for the pancreas. So. And, and what do you guys think? Like, you know, can you get those omega-3s with the average American fish product or does it have to be, you know, like wild caught does wild caught versus farm raised make a difference and why? Yeah, I pay, I pay the extra money to go with the, uh, the wild caught over the, over the farm raised. I think that it's significantly higher amount of, you know, good omega threes in the, uh, in the wild caught versus the farm raised. Yeah. And it, it all comes down to, you know, Jackie P what, what do you think, those fish that are farm raised or eating they're what is yeah, all of them for, for me it's like okay if a, a fish is farm raised right they're in a tank who knows how many i don't know what they're feeding them i've this and this is just from a i guess a higher philosophical thing if i can eat something that was caught wild and then put on my plate i feel like there's just less extra stuff in there right there's less antibiotics there's less medicine there's real food right if it if, a salmon was sw swimming upstream and they caught it and he put it on my plate. I'm like, okay, this is from the source. So whatever's in the salmon is probably the best quality you can get. Um, so yeah, I, I, same thing like you, Brad, I, I pay the extra money, you know, I, I get the wild caught, but you know, I, I definitely feel better doing that as well. And same thing, right. Organic grass fed, you know, I, I try to stick away from farm raised uh, meats and protein. Yeah. I mean, most of the farm raised meats are eating what all of America is eating <laughs> and therefore you're eating it, which is corn <laughs> yeah. or wheat, you know? And so a lot of these compounds are pro-inflammatory in the gut. They, they cause that leaky gut. They wiggle their way through your guts lining. Um, and be having a pro-inflammatory state in an environment that's already super pro-inflammatory, right? With pancreatitis is, is just bad news bears. Uh, one other thing just to, to touch on, you know, before we go to a commercial break, Dr. Comfer is, you know, so when you're approaching somebody with pancreatitis, you know, in our practices, we see the worst possible thing that can occur after pancreatitis for long term. And do you want to tell the listeners what the worst thing that can occur is? Uh, so it, the, I, I think of it as twofold, really. So we talked already about the kind of weight loss and, and eventual diabetes. Um, Certainly, a majority of people that have chronic inflammation, chronic pancreatitis, have pain, and it's very debilitating. But it certainly, long-standing chronic pancreatitis is a major risk factor, especially if you smoke uh, or have other uh, certain hereditary reasons for it. it. is a major risk factor for developing pancreas cancer, which is a certainly uh, you know something that's is is very serious. Uh, so, anything else, Doc Mock? Pancreatitis is one of those things that just kind of creeps up. We don't have great screening tests for it. And 
often, you know, people will come with very vague symptoms or, you know, when, when it's way too late. And, you know, I think if you have any symptom that is bothering you, especially if you're somebody that drinks or smokes a lot of the time or has had pancreatitis, just see your doctor and get evaluated because we we've all seen it where people just leave things too long, especially with COVID. I, you know, there's just been so many people that have been sitting at home too long. Um, you know, and remember the way that the pancreas is formed and built, right? Even back pain I've seen come in as pancreatic cancer. So just see your doctors, people. So um, with that said, we're going to go to a brief commercial break. We're going to come back and Jackie P is going to ask some questions to our special guest. So we'll be right back. What's going on, Maximal Beings? It's Doc Mock here. Many of you are returning to the gym now, but some are not going back. Regardless of what you plan, Rogue has got the right gear to fit your needs. I personally own a barbell set and love it. The black op shorts are sweat resistant and flexible for getting deep in your squats. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com Rogue for our referral link. Order three items and they ship for free. And as usual, it's Doc Mock, and I'm here to maximize your pathway to wellness. If you're stuck at home and cannot make it to the grocery store, delivery may be the best way to stay clean and healthy. Instacart is the national leader in the direct-to-home delivery service. With numerous major chains and food from smaller stores, you can get those local veggies sent directly to your doorstep. Head on over to MaximalBeing.com Instacart and maximize your nutrition today. All right, and we're back with uh, Jackie P in Philly and Brad Confer, Dr. Brad Confer, who is a therapeutic endoscopist. So Jackie P, take it away. All right, Dr. Brad Confer, I've got a couple questions for you here. Um, so the first is, um, you know, what is your favorite exercise? If you had limited time, you wanted something that was high impact, gets the job done, gives you good sweat, what would you say is your go-to exercise? So uh, in the middle of winter, something inside, I, I usually like plyometrics, a box, uh, maybe a ladder, uh, you know, fitness ladder type of thing. I'll do some plyometrics. If I can go outside, I, I go back to my soccer days. I do this uh, a beep test. It can be very good for the, the beginning people. You're basically running, you know, essentially 20 yards. You're trying to get with the beep every, uh, every like four to five, it goes a little bit faster to that you're almost at a full sprint at the end. Great conditioning exercise. If you have 20 minutes, you can really just bang it out in 20 minutes. It's great to measure your progression. So even if you're not fit and you wanna you wanna you know build some fitness, um, it's a way that you can start and be like, hey, I made it to level two dash five, and you know progress from there. The next time you do it, try and get to uh, level three and and just keep going. So that's it. And then as far as um, you know, if I have a little bit more time and I'm trying to do. A leg workout. I think the uh, the two kings kings of exercise for me are going to be squat and uh, and a power clean and jerk. But I, I probably gave you more information than you really need. But <laughs> if I'm stuck inside, it's it's some plyometrics. If I if I can get outside and do some uh, cardio type thing, it's the beep test. Um, beep test. Yeah, that's interesting. You, you can find it online. Yeah. No. I've honestly so a little bit about me. I've I had never done any form of soccer. I'm not a I'm not a big runner. I'm trying to become a runner. I cycle more, but the beat test sounds like something I could wrap my head around something sprinting, short bursts of energy. Yep. You know, I, I, I like the sound of that. It can be done in 20 minutes. It's great. It's a great oh, way to build, build some cardiovascular. Yep. 
That's that's also great. Um, okay. And, you know, you being in the medical field, I'm sure you've come across a lot of, you know, interesting, uh, you know, philosophies about diet. You know, the internet is out there and telling people all types of crazy things. So what would you say is the craziest diet you've ever heard of or tried? You know, maybe in your soccer, you know, soccer days, you tried something crazy. Uh, you know, there's, you know, I don't want to talk bad on any diet. There's multiple different diets out there, paleo, uh, you know, different types of keto type diets. Um, you know, I, I personally haven't really tried too many, but what we subscribe to, what we use in our own family really is, is more of a Mediterranean type diet, it's a modified one. Cause we do, we don't, you know, not eat meat, but again, as we said, try to do grass fed uh, beef, try and limit it. We do try and do fish, uh, you know, about two nights a week with that. Um, you can go back, Doc Mock, when uh, he was training with me, I, I still take a lot of harassment from our uh, endo staff because I'd eat my <laughs> carrots every day for lunch um, as, as one of my things um, that I'd eat. So a lot of fruits and vegetables. So you know, for me and my family, it's really a, kind of a modified Mediterranean diet. It's a diet that we, uh, that we really subscribe to, that we really, that we really try and use. Imagine that a doctor that practices what he preaches. Oh my goodness. Um, And for the, for the listeners out there, if you have pancreas problems, do not do a keto diet, please. For the love of God, stay away from the keto diet. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, uh, I can say that. Yeah. I I would say the keto, I haven't personally done it, but I I don't, I don't really truly advise it, especially for people with chronic pancreas issues. Have you has, have you ever had a patient that came in and said, Hey, you know what? you know, I, I'm following, you know, diet X, Y, Z, and, you know, it wasn't the paleo or the keto. It was just something that was just, you know, like, where did you hear this, you know, or did you make this up? You know, have you ever had anything just kind of off the wall, left field? Uh, There's been some definitely, uh, you know, kind of crazy diets that are out there. Uh, Some I've heard of most things by now, but there's been some, some definitely kind of crazy ones that we've had to go search for. They've had to explain it to us, but yeah, we, you, and we see everything. Doc Mock can tell you that, you know, there's some interesting people out there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Recently, I had a patient on a hot dog diet. Every meal, <laughs> hot dogs, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, nice. <laughs> and she's so, I, it was adorable. She said, she was just so proud of being on a diet. And so <laughs> we just did a little education when we got there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I actually, I heard, I was actually reading up on the, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the taco diet, apparently, you know, if you, I mean, I didn't read too much into it, but apparently if you have a good tortilla and it's like good meat and a little bit of cheese and lettuce, you know, you can get away with, you know, having your macros balanced and having tacos every night. I mean, I mean, you know, sounds maybe one step above the hot dog diet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and way dogs. more delicious. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. 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 Um, and what what would you say, uh, Doctor Confer, is your favorite health book, and why? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I don't want to come out and endorse any specific health books, but um, I'm trying to remember back when I was in college, I read a very interesting uh, book that kind of w- was more for the layperson on the physiology of. Um, of kind of how everything worked and it kind of went through and was like explaining, you know, when you're working out, how to really boost your cardio, how to really, you know, the, the healthy foods to eat, how the body breaks them down, how they kind of metabolize, uh, 
things from those complex like proteins down into their basic amino acid form, how they, um, you know, there's even a chapter on kind of brain health and choline and different things like this. So um, I don't actually remember the name of the book, but, um, you know, it was a really good book. I, I don't think you had to necessarily be a totally medical person to to understand it, but it, it really did a good job of, uh, of breaking things down uh, more for the lay person and went into what I wanted more of the physiology of kind of how things work. That's, that's fair. Yeah. I, uh, I, uh, I always, I always was attracted to books that were very easily, easily broken down to, you know, the lay person and saying, Hey, listen, you want to eat better, try ABC. You want to exercise, you know, try to add, you know, one, you know, do some sprints, right. Do the beep test, right. That, you know, sprinting is going to be better for you cardiovascularly than, you know, working out and lifting, throwing around heavy weights for, than an hour, for an hour. Um, so no, that's that's wonderful. I'm gonna find that book and I'll I'll let you know because I can track down books pretty well. But it yeah. sounds like something that if I could have given you a little bit more information. Maybe would have helped. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doctor Confrey, you just want to go ahead and summarize for the listeners. You know, generally what we talked today about the pancreas and you know keeping that that uh, pretentious friend closer to our back than our front happy. Yeah. So uh, basically. Acute pancreatitis and chronic pancreatitis, inflammation in the pancreas. So acute pancreatitis, we kind of briefly said that uh, can usually present with abdominal pain, upper abdominal pain going in the back, nausea, vomiting. Major causes of this are from alcohol, uh, cigarette smoking, or, or from gallstones. Um, usually, as we said, you know, uh, kind of we rest the pancreas, usually with getting uh, intravenous fluids. And when people start to feel hungry, we say, you know, start to eat. Um, kind of a low-fat diet, um, you know, healthy diet, Mediterranean-type diet that's healthy in, um, you know, omega-3 fatty acids. And then people that might have had multiple insults to the pancreas uh, over time can develop chronic pancreatitis, which is a scarring of the pancreas. Uh, and uh, that can be a very morbid because it can lead to, uh, you know, kind of a pain, a chronic pain, as well as weight loss, uh, pancreatic insufficiency, which can kind of present with diarrhea, more end stages of that can be, uh, um, you know, the development of diabetes because of the role the pancreas plays in controlling your blood sugar. Um, and finally, uh, as we said, you know, one very scary thing associated with chronic pancreatitis is pancreatic cancer. So, um, you know, this very pretentious organ is, uh, you know, you got to treat it well. So eat right, exercise, uh, limit alcohol, uh, to moderation and uh, try not to uh, smoke cigarettes. So anything yeah, else yeah. to add, Doc Mock? No, I think that was really well put. Uh, you know, it's always great to chat with you both. Um, I have learned so much from both Jackie P as well as Brad Comfer over the years. And uh, I learn something new every day from, you know, our community that we have out there at Maximal Being. If you have any questions, if you want to talk to any of us or our guests, um, you know, feel free to DM us online. Um, we're, we're on Twitter at Maximal Being. We're on uh, Facebook. You can message me at Doc Mock or Maximal Being. And we're on Instagram at Maximal underscore Being. Um, you know, check us out. Give us thumbs up, subscribe. And uh, if you want a custom fitness, nutrition, or gut health plan, please don't hesitate to reach out. And as always, I'm Doc Mock here with Jackie P and Dr. Brad Confer. And we are here to maximize your pathway to wellness. 
What's going on, Maximal Beings? Doc Mock here. If you haven't done so already, leave us a comment and hit the subscribe button. Let your friends and family know. That way we can get the word out and continue to bash the bro science.